Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at adhdessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. This is episode 27. In today's episode, we're talking to Richard Podger. Richard is a music teacher in private practice. He teaches all ages, toddlers to adulthood, but specializes in teaching kids with ADHD. In today's episode, we talk about why ukuleles are better for kids with ADHD than guitars are, ways to sidestep the ADHD shame mantle, how to get kids to practice, and why kids with ADHD love music. As I spoke to him, I was struck by how much Richard's approach to teaching and managing kids with ADHD applies to situations beyond music. I think you'll find many of the ideas in today's episode useful at home. All right, let's get rolling. There's two different settings. There's the classroom setting with the larger groups, and then there's the individual one. In the classroom setting, it's more management-oriented, if you will, um, because I have to communicate with all the kids, the other 10 or 11 kids on an individual basis. It's a blast. Uh, they're, they're both very enriching and they're both very fun, but the one-on-one really keeps me on my toes. Uh, the ability or the need rather to improvise and think quickly is ever present. It needs to be kind of handled uh, cleverly and with a smile <laughs> in order to surreptitiously get the, the message and, and the lesson across. One of the key components of music and learning how to play an instrument is practice. That's right. What strategies do you utilize or teach parents to utilize to help kids practice their instrument if they're not inclined to do so? That's a great question, and to be fair to the kids with ADHD, it's a huge problem across the board, even with the healthy wiring or wired kids, if you will. For me, less is more. Uh, That's one of the principles in songwriting. Um, Instead of giving someone, I want you to learn this whole song or this whole sheet of music, these 32 bars, why don't we just practice these four bars? Get those down. One of the things that folks with ADHD love is that is the repetition. And if it feels good, you know, they stay in the moment and they keep doing it. Also, there's the wall that gets hit. So I kind of gauge their capacity for, um, try to gauge where their breaking point is, where they're going to check out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then say, okay, we're just going to do, let's just do these three things and do them five to 10 minutes a day, if that. So you're making it really small. You're really breaking it down. You're not only are you breaking it down in terms of the time frame and in terms of a piece of a song as opposed to an entire song, right. you're also breaking it down in terms of effort. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like the picture is so large because 
kids don't have much time to themselves. So I'm already in competition with video games, sports, and uh, homework, et cetera, et cetera. I'm already kind of got two batters down and two strikes on the, the lesson and the instrument. And the last thing I want to do is come down on somebody because they're not following this trajectory, a formal trajectory of learning uh, an instrument and the discipline that it takes. I want them to, more than anything, maintain a love and or a like, hopefully maybe a love, and also come away with the, the feeling that they've accomplished something. That's a great perspective. I love the fact that you're pointing out all of the things that you're in competition with because it's, time is the great limiting factor in everything that we do. Yes. You're competing with everything that might take up this kid's time. Homework, visiting grandma and grandpa, right. playing on the Xbox, being in a STEM class, whatever else is happening. Yep. Um, so that perspective is really, it's awesome, especially when we're looking at kids with ADHD and we're, and we're looking at the overscheduling of kids in general. It's brutal. I, I don't, I, I honestly, I, I say to some parents too, I'm like, and it doesn't have anything, whether they're ADHD or not, I don't know why you're doing this. You know, they would get more out of it if they just, you know, find, what are the things that they love? That's the other part. My job too is to be like, well, if you don't really want to do this and I get music and its importance uh, with learning and whatnot, uh, you know, they're, they're, that's no secret, but the kids happiness and their purpose, what they're, what they want, uh, or what they, what they gravitate towards, you know, providing it's healthy. I mean, a video game addict, that's not something that I'm in, you know, looking to aspiring to, to, to create or facilitate. Um, but, uh, as an example, I have this, I have this adorable young girl who is, uh, very theatrical and she came in for voice lessons I didn't think that she could pull it off. I knew that she had a voice, but my, my approach wasn't really, it just wasn't working for her. So something bizarre happened. She got on stage in a showcase. Uh, I was accompanying her and we were singing the song as a duet because she couldn't um, match pitch or she, she couldn't follow the melody. Pitch was all over the place. So we were going to sing it together. There was going to be a cute little moment and she got on stage and she opened her mouth and she where her pitch was dead on. I mean, I, I was blown away. I could barely focus on the parts that I needed to play to accompany <laughs> her because she just took the whole thing and ran with it. And it was absolutely amazing. Um, and, and I'm not saying that lightly. And she um, just since then, she started coming in armed with these songs um, that she would know all the words. If I had to give her something, it, it would come back kind of in pieces. Mm -hmm. And we would work with those pieces. But if she wanted to do something, it's the thing, if she's really excited about it, she came in, she knew all the words, and then she would start acting it out. And so it's like, okay, my job in this department is to say, and we had a good relationship, but as the teacher, you need to be with somebody who is with musical theater that fostering the love component 
is really important. Kids with ADHD, adults with ADHD, we often talk about how we want to we want to help them play to their strengths. We want people with ADHD to to be doing the things that they're passionate about whenever possible. Right. And avoiding the things that are outside of their skill set or just not engaging because we want you to meet with success. So if you love musical theater, let's push you towards musical theater. It's less important that you practice this operatic piece because that's not the kind of show tune music that you want to sing, right. especially at eight years old or nine years old. So the fact that you're looking at this from such a big picture view, such a, you're a mile up, you know, you're like, I'm fostering passion and love. And if that's in a slightly, slightly different direction, go over in that direction. I'm, I'll still be here. You can come back if you want. But right. that's, that's pretty, pretty impressive. That's awesome. That sense of failure, that shame aspect that goes along with ADHD is, can be so debilitating. If somebody comes in f- for guitar lessons and can't, you know, they, they're just wound up and they're strumming and strumming and strumming and strumming and strumming, um, but they can't focus on making the, the chord because um, they have to, this finger's got to go here, this finger's got to go there and whatnot, you know, there's, that's, that's a focus. And that focus, it's very difficult. It's the movement that they love. And of course, they're also, the other thing, sidetrack, is that kids coming in for music today are really getting it from a visual standpoint. They're not getting it from listening to the radio or buying records, <laughs> things, mm-hmm. things like that, how it was when I was, when I was younger. It's what they see on TV or the music that they hear in video games. So somebody comes in eight years old, can't stop strumming his guitar, but he can't make a chord. First of all, the guitar is too big for him. You know, let's get him a ukulele. And, <laughs> uh, and then just focus on one string at a time you know, simplifying that. And if that doesn't work because of the need to keep the movement going, let's try drums. If the parents want them engaged in, in music, that's great. You know, we can pivot and go to a different instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I want him to play piano. He can't sit at the piano and do left hand and right hand and stare at a piece of music. That's murder on the brain, you know? <laughs> you're setting your child up for failure and for, you know, again, that shame element. Well, I didn't, I don't, I tried piano. It didn't work for me. I really like the things you're sharing with us right now, because so much of it, if we take it as metaphor, as opposed to purely a musical strategy, musical instruction strategy applies directly to parenting and teaching kids with ADHD. Yeah. Um, And I just want to call that out for the folks who are listening so that they see it because you're breaking things down into small manageable tasks. You're providing them with challenges that are appropriate for their skill level and their developmental level. Right. A ukulele as opposed to a guitar, as opposed to the piano, or they just want to keep strumming and moving. So maybe even the ukulele is not a plan but moving and moving and moving fits really well for the drums. Let's pivot and go over here and play into their skill set. And then that big picture view that you've, that's kind of drifted in and out of here, encouraging passion over teaching skills, because if you have the passion, the skills will come. 
but if you don't foster that passion, they'll never develop the skills, at least not willingly. And, and the fact that we're competing with more than what we think we're competing with because everything is limited by time. It's just awesome. No, oh, thanks, man. Um, I, you know, I, parents, God bless them. And I, I know it's kind of the hip thing to do to make sure that their kids occupied, you know, 24 hours a day. But one of the things that I, I kind of also feel might be frustrating for ADHD kids now is the, um, they don't really have the time to foster their imagination and the creativity or the creative aspects that they're inclined to, you know, explore um, mm-hmm. because they're constantly responding to something or having to stand to a, a attention to something in the lesson. When I have these students, that's also a big part of it is the improvisation mm-hmm. and the, the mind wandering mode aspect. The mind, yeah. Let's play with words. You know, if they're playing, even if they're drumming, it's like, well, you know, all right, you play this beat, I'll play this on the guitar or the piano, and maybe we can generate some kind of song, you know, and then get them. Let's let's write some words, mm-hmm. and get you know, try and get them to use their imagination and whatnot. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know how much time they have at home to improvise and kind of flex that muscle you know what i mean because it's a beautiful muscle um and that also needs to be fostered too really you know uh in addition to discipline and 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 uh and again trying to you know feed their passion and whatnot um you know i hate to bring up that old adage your mind is a terrible thing to waste it's a beautiful mind um those with adhd yeah and i mean this connects directly to a conversation I had with James Garrett on episode 24 of this podcast around producing, whether that's studying music or doing homework or whatever it is, and then resting and letting your mind wander and, and taking a break and being bored and letting that yeah. creativity side grow. It's something I've been working with personally, where I am spending, I've realized that I'm spending a lot of time following up on emails and editing this podcast and finding people to interview and working with my clients and all that stuff. And then taking care of my kids and taking care of my dog and talking to my wife and my holes, my gap time. I realized that I've been spending even that, that time, that sort of what would otherwise be my downtime in cognitively taxing activities, which could be anything from listening to a podcast to looking at my phone and poking around, poking around on Facebook for no reason at all. And I just need to stop and I fits and starts 10% better. Like sometimes I'm really good at it and sometimes I struggle with it, but I'm getting better every day. Um, except for the days when I get worse, but then I just build (laughs) the inevitable Uh, relapse. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, but so, so it's that, I mean, that's another great theme in here of the nature of music and it's the creativity side of it and how powerful that is for letting us practice a skill. We don't always get to practice. And our kids don't always get to practice. Yeah. You know, I try to convey too. It's like, look, forget about what's on the paper. You know, you can play these notes. You've already played them a hundred times. I don't really care if you play it as stiff, if you will, as you think the paper wants you to play it, you know, because uh, kids don't listen to music really much anymore, you know, really? which is, it's such a fascinating line of work now. It's like, I mean, like, well, 
you know, kids come in, they want to play guitar. Mm -hmm. Okay. What kind of music do you listen to? Well, I don't really listen to music. Why do you want to play guitar? Again, because they see it. You know, mm -hmm. it looks cool. It's on a shirt in Target, you know, rock star, whatever. There's nothing to do with rock and roll or music. Parents, too, like I said, God bless them. They want their kids to, to have some kind of musical training. And kids start out loving music. And the ADHD kids really love music. And they love it because of the movement. They love it because of the sound. They mm -hmm. love it because if they're, well, it keeps them going. It'll start generating their fingers to snap or clap their hands or dance and tap their feet and whatever stuff that they're inclined to do anyways. You know, it helps with their impulse control or lack thereof and uh, regulates them. You know, there's so many different ways that you can approach it. A violin is not the best option. You know, drums are the best option, really, because of <laughs> the movement. they're so loud. Because they're so loud. <laughs> but it normalizes, it helps calm the the you know the, the soothe the soul calm the calm the brain that's that's extremely active in the classroom setting my job with the kids that have a little bit more gas in their tank than some of the others is to exhaust them so they can sit and pay attention um, <laughs> and that would be via different movement exercises or whatever it's great exercise for me you know young sir over here that can't keep his finger out of his nose and keeps pushing the girl next to him and whatnot, you know, and is wandering all over the place. It's like, all right, I need to give him a job and I need to, and now follow me because we're going all over the place here until you're pooped. And then we can sit down and, you know, kind of do this whole thing as a group. So it sounds like getting that kid a little more engaged and, and maybe being a little more active in the class helps him then focus and sit still later. Yes. And instead of telling him, you know, in a kind of a stern teacher to student way, I'm sidestepping the, the shame mantle and, you know, and promoting him to head of the class and somebody who's got a responsibility, somebody that, you know, whereas he, I don't know if he's struggling with stuff in other capacities in his class. I know he is, but you know, here he's, you know, all right, we're taking care of this and I got a job and, you know, there's a sense of pride that they get from that. Right. And you've mentioned the shame mantle a couple of times and, and the nature of shame around ADHD. And that's something I can't talk about enough. Like it's just a really important aspect for us to recognize when it comes to ADHD. So what is your experience around that particular challenge and how do you help your students navigate it? If something's not working, you just have to know when to pull the plug and it's not their fault. That's the thing. It's not their fault. Mm -hmm. It could be predicated upon a variety of different reasons. They're socioeconomic reasons. They're what they just ate. If they just had a big bottle of orange high fructose corn syrup before coming in, <laughs> you know, I have to roll with that. It's my job to make sure that they're having fun. In essence, the parents want them to have fun. Right. Um, despite it still being like a teaching thing, I have to teach and, and foster passion. Yeah. Dispense wisdom and knowledge and try and get them to understand it. So the parents think their dollars going, you know, X amount of feet while trying to keep uh, a young person who, you know, just wants to play handball with himself off the walls. Uh, <laughs> 
and uh, and and get him to uh, uh, you know and 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 get him to walk away with something, right? So. How do I do that? It's the small bits, as we said, the repetition, but repetition with variety because we can't, you know, once they know it, they know it, they'll know it forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's got to be some variety in there. And the trying it on different instruments. So if you go into my office, there's, uh, and it's a tiny room. I have a drum set. I have a piano. I have guitars in there. Um, I teach these things and it's great, but if you have ADHD and you walk into a room and you're seven years old and really developmentally, you probably shouldn't be playing any of them. <laughs> and you're going to, I'm going to go to my closet that has all these handheld percussion instruments in them, like rhythm sticks and maracas and shaker eggs and hand drums. Yeah. They're not going to want to touch those. So I have to quickly, here's the song, so they don't have a second to get bored, you know, mm -hmm. keep them on their toes. Here's the song. This is how it goes. Now let's keep the beat with it on this, or let's try You know what I mean? It's like, okay, go to this drum over here. Now we're going to hit the cymbal on this. Let's see if we can play that same rhythm pattern on the piano. Mm -hmm. um, and if that's not working, let's walk around the school. <laughs> You know, I mean, honestly, it's just like, okay. And then we'll come back and like, we're going to, let's take a quick walk or we'll grab the stretchy ring and you will go in the other room and we can whip it around for a couple of minutes and then come back in here. And then let's try these two things. They want to do well. You know, you can see it. They want it. You know, they, they want to, they want to be there. They want to have fun. But if their, if their impulse, their desire, their impulse desires are, telling them to, you know, peel the soundproofing stuff off the walls and whatnot, then I, I have to roll with that in a certain <laughs> way, you know? And, and redirect that. Like, exactly. please don't peel the soundproofing off the wall. Right, right. Here's a it's, rhythm stick. <laughs> exactly. Instead of doing, like, hey, instead of peeling this, peel this. Take your finger and drag it along the piano, you know? Because the sound is a wonderful distraction, mm -hmm. you know? And, it, and again, I wouldn't even actually call it a distraction. It's, it's almost like nourishment. Those sounds are nourishment. You know, they're, they, they help, they calm them. Now, right. again, that's one of the reasons why they like music so much is because it's calming, you know, and I'm fortunate in that I have all these options in my room. And so it sounds like that's a strategy. Yeah, but it, 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 it is. It, it, options, but options that are similar. Yes. They're options that are distractions, but those distractions are options. They have to be options. They're, they're, they're kind of, uh, um, they're imposed. These options are imposing themselves upon me. You're also using options or distractions, however you want to call it, that hold within them a lesson that is connected to the greater whole of what you're doing. Exactly. It all comes back to the piece and whatever the lesson plan is for the day. It's really funny. It's like a month-long vacation and a half-hour lesson, you know? Uh, <laughs> you, and, uh, you know, a vacation that's just chock full of travel, you know, and, and, and uh, sightseeing and, and experience. So it, it, it has to keep moving. Otherwise, the child's just going to, you know, lose his yeah, mind, tear, lose tear, the, tear, yeah, tear the place apart, you know? So I, you've mentioned a few times about sort of parents wanting their kids to take music lessons. And I guess I'm wondering how many of the kids taking music lessons are taking it 
for the the learning cognitive side of it as opposed to the interest side? Like how many of them, how many kids are taking music lessons because their parents think it's a good idea? And how many of them are taking it because it's a, it's their own interest, particularly, particularly with the things you've mentioned around just technological changes, meaning kids aren't listening to music as much. Yeah. And, and so why would they want to play music if they're not listening to random albums on the radio and stuff because we're listening to other things? I'm fortunate in that the bulk of my students are there because they want to be there. They've expressed interest. But they're still there because some of them, as I said before, came in trying one instrument and it wasn't working. And I meet with the parents right away and I will tell them like Mm -hmm. that guitar and the size of your child and the fact that that leg won't sit still, that's not going to work. I don't say that in front of the child, obviously, (laughs) but you know, in, and well, actually I do, but it's in a much more, you know, compassionate, compassionate manner. Right. Lighthearted manner too, yes. And hence like the ukulele. Let's try the ukulele. Or let's try a battery of other things like, uh, hey, do you like to sing? Or you like tapping on stuff. You know, I see you're shaking that leg. You like, you, how's your tapping situation? <laughs> um, and then we go, we go that way. If they're tapping and they're like six, seven years old, it's like, oh, great. Maybe he wants to try drums. Looks like he's excited about trying drums. Now, the next phase is keeping the sheet music away from them because they're not going to be able to focus on the sheet music at that mm-hmm. age. It's a, it's a lot, you know, one mm-hmm. and a two and a, it's a, no, let's work on our beat keeping or let's find different ways of incorporating drumming to things that they like. It's video game music, whatever the case may be. It's not traditional learning, but what is uh, everybody learns differently. I'm imagining parents listening. And to some degree, this almost applies to me. I haven't quite gotten here yet, but I might. I'm imagining parents listening going, I would love to have my kid take music lessons. How do I get them to do that? From my perspective, I would love to have my kids take music lessons, not just so that they have the ability to play a musical instrument, but also because it's hard and it requires practice. Yeah. And there is value in that experience. Yes. So how do I help my kids to struggle through that, to see the value of the musical instrument and knowing how to play it as a thing um, and to navigate the initial struggle before you've really learned anything. When you pick up the guitar and you've heard folks play the guitar a million times, you know what it's supposed to sound like and you can't make it sound like that to save your life. And so you just want to quit because clearly the guitar is not broken. So you must be broken, which is not the case. You just don't know how to play guitar yet. Right. How do we help kids get over that gap? Boy, that's like the meaning of life question. Uh, you don't have to have the right answer. I just yeah. want a couple. Well, it's, it's uh, the almost there, good answer is fine. There, there's a, there's a few, there's a, a few ways. I think finding a compassionate teacher that is comfortable having to change on a dime to fit the needs of the child as opposed to a drill sergeant teacher who's going to say just play this that's correct or and come back and say you know what it's not working out i can't teach your kid Mm -hmm. that's the worst thing in the world so you need to have somebody like that secondly um, there does need to be some interest on the child's part 
And so the positive support from parents and the understanding of the schedule and the, you know, their capacity for focus, the child's focus and the level of expectation. Because some of these things we grow out of, you know, we mature and we can, like everybody else, we take on more and more responsibilities, you know. Um, If the support at home in conjunction with the discipline, because the discipline absolutely has to be established. Um, I guess that's really the trick in the home is, you know, how the parent is going to decide the best way to, to do that. Also keeping them interested in, uh, if it's guitar, taking them to shows that have guitar, guitar concerts or um, guitar factory, you know, play the music stores where they can go and they can explore and, and, and touch them. Even if it's something that they're developmentally not ready to conquer uh, or even try, you know, if they're eight, they want to play guitar, get them a ukulele. That's something that they can hold. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's small. Their fingers are small. Lesson for all parents. The skin has to push down on that wire. It's the, their skin's not tough, you know, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And the guitars that they want to save money on are very difficult to play. The action on the strings is really hard, or Mm -hmm. high rather, you know, and if you have to push down really hard with all your might to get the thing to make a sound, then they're not going to move to another chord. I mean, that's a, a, that's a losing situation. Right. So I would say if you know your, your child's ability to focus, whatever length that is, Consider where they are developmentally, the music that they like, and then find a teacher that is that can that can work. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 has the ability to stay smiley and creative, and while uh, negotiating the waters. And it sounds like we should listen to more ukulele music, so that our kids start to like it. <laughs> it well, you know, it's really funny too. But that instrument has taken off. I mean, it's awesome because they can they can play it. You know, it's something that they can they can hold it. Kids walk in with these full-bodied electric guitars that weigh 15 pounds more than they do, you know? And it's like, <laughs> what are you going to do with that? You know, you, arm, this arm's got to go up and down, and this one's got to do this over here. And you, you know what I mean? It, no, that's not going to work. That's murder on their brain, you know? It, it's, it's, it's that less is more thing. And, and, and you know what? The lesson there is, too, that, well, I want to play guitar. Well, you know, let's start with this. Show me that you can do this, and this is how much you have to practice you know, and make that practice, that level of expectation reasonable. And scaffold up to guitar. Start with the ukulele. You'll yeah. Get the guitar, you're just not there yet. Because it's, it's muscle memory. You know, if you're making chords on the uke, which you will be able to do, then you're, that's half the battle when you get up to the real thing. Right. You know? Also, just call it the uke. How much cooler does that sound? <laughs> they say to me all the time that's not a guitar i'm like what are you talking about it's a guitar that was thrown in the dryer i put that thing in the dryer two days ago a trunk that's all that's awesome. a sound hole it's got a head a neck what do you mean it's not a guitar completely guitar <laughs> that's awesome um so just being mindful of time mm-hmm. do you have any ending essentials around music or adhd um, or compassion that you would like to share with the listeners The best part is a parent saying to me, uh, my son loved music and I know he's a handful and he wants to stay in music because of you. And uh, I just thank you for your patience and your assistance in helping him develop. 
that's all I can ask for. And the rest of it is just a learning experience for me. You know, it, it's sometimes I think I get more out of it than the kids do. They only have to practice a couple of measures a week. I <laughs> go back and re-examine my whole approach to teaching <laughs> <laughs> on a daily basis, it seems. But it, it keeps me on my toes. I mean, I, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to, that the school funnels these kids kind of my way. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com. And visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need. Thank you.